0: Welcome back to System Minutes where we misclick things all the time. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan. And we do not have paid him with us tonight. He we killed him. him. We did not kill him. He had other <laughs> obligations. Namely, he wanted to chillax a bit. So, which, you know, I get. Like, they've got a newborn, so it's a lot of lost sleep.
1: So I think it's inexcusable, and his absence will not be missed. <laughs> <laughs> or something. His okay, presence we'll will not be missed. the next time you can't make it last No, uh, I said his absence wouldn't be missed, you see. Mm, mm. You, you know what it I meant. You it you think it's inexcusable. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. j stop talking in Discord. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm doing it for the
0: fans. Yeah, I know, but tell the fans that we're recording right now, so they can wait
1: it now. <sighs> to be fair, for, the, for once, you're actually talking about tech in Discord, so... I'm tempted to Dude, get Dude, coming from you, earlier you just sent a bunch of weird-ass GIFs. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't a tech? I mean,
0: technically it technically is. Technically tech? They're Giraffix Interchange Format j <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because it's a GIF. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Okay. No, no, it's a GIF. I don't care what the creator said. You don't pronounce it Giraffix. That's my whole thing about that. Okay, anyways. Yeah, so, we are... Tonight, to be talking about how to kind of improve your home network. This lockdown kind of took everybody by storm, and we did already kind of talk about this a little
1: bit. I think oh. it was. We more so actually talked about it from the other side of things. Like if you're a sysadmin or running a business, how do you prepare your workplace for remote yeah, work? Yeah, but we, we didn't we really talk on about the, the home telecommuting side of
0: it. aspect. We didn't focus on the actual office part of it. Mm hmm. So. We would like to focus on that tonight, considering, you know, there very most likely will be more lockdowns coming. And as the first rounds have shown us that, you know, it's something a lot of people were unprepared for, to have both work and school take place in their homes, sharing the internet, the same internet.
1: Right. When you have, you know, two adults, potentially two or three kids all on devices Mm -hmm. at the same time, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know... Not everybody's network has been appropriately stress tested, especially when you think about the fact that everybody's video conferencing all the fucking time now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so we'll be talking about ways to help streamline that a little bit better. Right. So, yeah. I don't know.
0: I It's weird having both, the, just the two of us again, Like guess. Oh, it's
1: just, yeah, just like old times. <laughs> I think one of us has to have had too much to drink last night and fall asleep on the floor in the middle of recording now. And when did, did I do that? When did I do no, that? No, no. That was me. Oh. <laughs> I don't know which episode. I don't know <laughs> if you can actually tell from the end product. Did you just but wake back up and just join back in while he... <laughs> Yeah, you were just still talking about who the hell knows what. Just rambling. No, but If you can remember which episode. When we were in S-Zero still, but after I had moved, the first apartment I lived in with the train...
0: <laughs> was it after Body Bongos then?
1: Yes. I and, thought Body uh, Bongos
0: was like the second episode yeah it was oh, okay oh, so it's so definitely do not narrow it down much
1: right yeah so i just remember the night before involved tequila mm-hmm. and that morning we decided because we used to not have a set recording time like we do now so brent and i'd always try like oh, okay let's do it tomorrow morning or whatever and then mm-hmm. half the time that didn't work out for one reason or another in this mm-hmm. particular time it did work out but i was recording in the closet because of the sound isolation and such and literally at one point laid down and just fell asleep and now he's out of the closet and now yeah i woke up and popped right out
0: yeah just like you came out of your mother's (laughs) oh i was born i was born born, right yeah there's your throwback that was
1: this is a night of throwbacks i feel like this happens every time we don't have Peyton.
0: yeah memories
1: so yeah what are you drinking i'm drinking water we talked Mm -hmm. about
0: this a little bit pre-show I'm drinking water. I said I was going to celebrate, but I just put my retainers back in, and I'm I'm still during the period where I have to wear them 24-7. I have to do that until, Mel. like, May? April? Some of that bullshit? So, no, maybe yeah. earlier. Maybe like February. But, yeah, like, they they said, like, six months. Originally, they were like, oh, yeah, like, as soon as you get your retainers in, you just re- need to wear them at night. I'm like, great. And then the day of, they gave them to me, and they're like, you have to wear them full-time, just like a pair of trays for six months. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me
1: well That's bullshit whatever man it's better than like when i was in high school i had to get my I was middle school i guess i got my braces mm. oh like legit braces legit braces i'm glad that there are options other than that these days yeah well they didn't i didn't really I some people
0: too but i never wore my retainer after i got them off. oh yeah yeah
1: i don't either but they do this thing now <laughs> They they didn't do it when you were Mm-hmm. my age or whatever age you got your braces. But I have a permanent bottom retainer now. What? Just like cemented behind my front teeth on my on the bottom. That's a bridge, isn't it? No. I'll send you a description or a picture or something sometime. But uh so I don't have to worry about the bottom. The top I did have a retainer I was supposed to wear, but that didn't really last mm. so my top teeth have shifted a little bit but they're not near as bad as before i had did my they braces. just not
0: give you a retainer for the bottom teeth then
1: nope they just literally it's a bar that's cemented across like my bottom six teeth oh, or my I front six it's not that bad yeah you i'm get sure used to you it. get used to it but
0: like i would still hate like knowing that that was there forever
1: right that i do blocks. think that i do think that that is why i have a slight lisp is because of it Mm. Mm -hmm. but i don't know like i can't remember if i had a small lisp before that who can say yeah probably my mom
0: did you get that done when you were young right
1: yeah my freshman year of high school
0: Oh, okay before we started doing the podcast then yeah right because i I was gonna say and that's the first time
1: i started like publicly speaking enough that i was like damn i have a lisp Mm.
0: so you wouldn't have noticed it before anyways
1: i don't think so i see But um, yeah, all right, well, I kind of alluded to this a little bit last week, Mm -hmm. and some people, yeah, whatever, and a couple of people who are in the Discord already know this information, but uh, so first of all, I'm drinking Macallan 12, and in particular, uh, Macallan 12, that is the sherry cask finish, it's one of my favorite scotches, Mm -hmm. and Macallan, if you're not familiar, is really, really easygoing scotch, it's very beginner-friendly, but it's also wildly expensive, do they have and literature? The reason, they probably do. Okay. So the reason McAllen's so expensive is not actually because it's like superior whiskey in a lot of people's opinion, but it's because they have awesome marketing people. Like they market the shit out of their product, So it just drives demand for it. Mm. That being said, it is some of my favorite scotch. So I don't spring for it super often because like, you know, Glenn Levitt 12 is like, you know, 50 bucks a bottle max. This is like a hundred bucks a bottle for the same vintage, if you will. Mm. Can but, you taste the difference? Well, they're pretty different. The sherry cask finish in particular is, it kind of makes it sweet. I don't know. I like it a lot.
0: I mean, and, and like, can you taste the $40 difference in quality? I, well,
1: the That's thing is, koala
0: it's... koala tea. That's a koala bear drinking. I
1: like, think you can. Mug I don't tea. think that anybody could pick up McAllen and be like, this is bad whiskey or bad scotch. Like, it's very mm-hmm. easy drinking whiskey. All of their products are pretty well done. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the reason that I have a nice bottle of whiskey, which I did just open for recording tonight, did you is... buy it yourself,
0: or did... I'll wait until after you announce?
1: So yeah, I am celebrating something. So for the last six years, as long as I've been doing this podcast, I have worked at the same place, and you know, it was just time for a change. I started looking around, and since I already had a job, I only applied for a couple positions that were really like I want this, not just like mm-hmm. you know, you I'm be, not. You could be picking and choosing. I right? could be a little picky. And turns out of the three places I applied, or four, one of them reached out to me, and it it was a long process, but they made me an offer. Hmm. So today is November 11th when we're recording. I do show that in the
0: show notes, by the way. I
1: saw the day we record. Right. I am off this week, but next week I start the new job. So Hmm. that's what I'm celebrating. I did buy the whiskey for myself, to answer your question. Jathan, what if you hate it? The job? Yeah. Well, between friends, it can't be worse than where I'm coming from at the moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you will ha- oh, and you know what we can say on air now?
1: No, no, let's we not can. go there. We can. We could, but... So, my old job, I really loved, I mean, I talked very fondly of it for a long time. I really appreciated the people I worked with and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it just, you know, the organization grew and the IT didn't really grow with it, you know, we became kind of or I at least felt like we became a little understaffed and maybe underfunded. Mm-hmm. If anybody from my old employers listening, I'm sorry, but that's the truth. So you know, I just got tired of being on call 24 seven. My new gig has a formal on call, which I'm super excited about. Oh, like an actual rotation. Exactly. Okay. And with the number of people we have, I think that it's slated to be like three days a month. So that's really that's nice. Not bad. Yeah. So I'm excited. I could hate it. You know, the one thing I know I'm going to miss is hardware. The new place is oh, pretty idea. much all oh, right. cloud. All cloud. Yeah, well, I, I also hate cloud, but like... Right, but you would rather do cloud than have a data center to manage.
0: I would give me a shell, ideally with like... I'd rather do VMs than anything. So if it's VMs in the cloud, fucking whatever.
1: But... It is, is my understanding. Mm. So my actual so you're you know, not official with, title... Like, containers. No. Oh, that's good. No, it's still VMs. So that my you can still do,
0: like, Pixie and Kickstart and shit.
1: Yeah. Good. So my title is Site Reliability Engineer, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think we talked about this before on air. Most places just kind of use that term loosely. Yeah, I've noticed that. Like, a lot of places... Just mean like, all of
0: their ops engineers just SREs and like that. No, yeah, like, so
1: <laughs> it is important to look at SRE positions and, and really ask the people, like, hey, what is this position actually? Because people have not really been true to what an SRE was as developed by Google and others. So we'll see. You know, by the time we record next episode, I'll be about a week and a half in and maybe I'll have something to report and maybe I won't. And
0: maybe he'll be on heroin because he just hates it that much.
1: That seems like a really big jump for only a week and a half, but maybe. (laughs)
0: Look, what are you drinking tonight? (laughs) Heroin. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not drinking. I'm free basing. Yeah. So that's
1: Huh. Peyton's not even here to celebrate.
0: What, with heroin?
1: No. My new announcement.
0: No. Yeah, he, he uh he was yeah. here. Whatever, can't be helped. Yeah. Cool. That's uh that's great. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, thanks.
0: I was gonna ask something, but well, I can't remember. Nope, it's gone. I thought it was related to what you were drinking, but nope. Huh. Okay. Whatever. Alright, well I'm gonna move on. Yeah. So since Peyton isn't here, Peyton isn't here. I took it upon myself to do the tip tonight. Originally, I was going to cover entry, but we went through the show notes of past episodes and we discovered I actually talk about entry a fair bit because it's awesome. But so instead, I am going to talk about help me again. Ex Exidel Exidal
1: Exidal Exidal Yeah, right. Because but I don't. <laughs> okay whatever it's, i think the, the beginning of your tip should be the damn description of how to say it
0: yeah seriously so according to the project's website and i had to scroll all the way down on the main page to find it but it's pronounced like excited without the c and the ending d and with an l is like almost word for word exactly how they you know what I'll just i'll just read it right here i'll read it on air Pronunciation: To say the name in English, you say "excited" with a silent C and D, followed by an L. In German, you say it. You just say it as it is written. <laughs> kind of crazy, messed up language is German, where you look at. So you'll see it in the show notes to see how it's spelled. But looking at it, I think it should just be pronounced Zedel, because that's what makes most sense to me. But you know what? We're not here to talk about how it's pronounced. We're here to talk about what it does. So if you've ever used JQ for JSON data, highly recommended. It's really handy. It's yeah. a command line navigator for uh, for JSON.
1: It's an awesome way if you're messing around with, either for one-off purposes or not, but if you're messing around with REST APIs, they usually return a response in mm-hmm. JSON. Mm-hmm. You can pipe it to JQ and you know pick out certain pieces or just make it friendlier to actually read. Mm-hmm. Like, I think JQ has a flag to just basically prettify it, right?
0: No no additional arguments, I believe, and it will pretty print it, yeah.
1: Yeah, Prettify. So th- pretty
0: print. So, yeah, that's handy. It's kind of the Swiss Army tool knife for, I mean, it's, granted, it's, like, almost all read-only operations. Like, it's just selecting which parts of the data you want. But it's really nice, you know? It's, it's really great. It's, it's almost like awk for JSON not obviously quite as powerful as awk, but whatever so jayton's mentioned jq on the show a fair bit and for good reason i mean it is a really handy tool but one day i was because i work a lot with xml stuff because all my projects use xml config so i was like you know what i i need a way of using that i need like a jq for xml like what would that be I half considered for about 30 seconds just writing one. And then I realized, no, that's fucking dumb. I don't want to waste that time because I'm sure somebody already wrote, wrote it. And sure enough, someone has. So it again, like JQ, it'll print out in a pretty format, a very much more readable format if you've got like minified XML, quote unquote. But you can also select certain elements. You can select attributes. You can match certain, you know, it supports XPath and all this other stuff. It also supports its own scripting language, which I thought was, was pretty impressive. I didn't take a look at the syntax yet. I just happened to, to see that just now. But that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, it, assuming it works. <laughs> I can't vouch for didn't test it. But Zadel or Zidal or whatever, it in and of itself is a very useful tool, especially if you do a lot of work with XML and XSD and, and things like that. So that's it. Short and sweet.
1: Yeah. So what things that you're familiar with natively return XML instead of JSON?
0: A lot of, so before there was REST, there were things like SOAP and XMLRPC and things like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of those are still present in like big enterprise systems and like Mm -hmm. mainframes. Mainframes use a lot of XMLRPC stuff. A lot of embedded stuff uses SOAP and that's primarily XML. Got it. But you'll also see it like DocBook. DocBook is XML. Mm-hmm. Technically, kind of, sorta HTML is XML. They're really not. They're XML and HTML are both part of SGML. But you can parse XML. You can parse HTML like XML. Right. So
1: which, uh, for all intents and purposes, do not try to parse either with regex. No, or... do do not. <laughs> that is a thing that happens. Yeah. It, People it should try. should not. Were you the one? Not.
0: How did you find that slot, not the Stack Overflow thing? Was that because somebody I linked sent that it to, to me? Okay. No. Somebody sent I, it I to have, me. I have linked to it in the show notes before.
1: Yeah, but to be fair, I don't know.
0: I, I Why? Was just wanted to make sure you weren't Googling how to regex XML,
1: because if you no. were,
0: I would get angry. No.
1: Okay. Good.
0: Good. Yeah, use an SGML processor for that shit. Anyways. So that being said, I'd like to move... Did you have any more questions about XML,
1: Jathon? No, I'm good.
0: Okay. So I'd like to move us into the discussion proper of our episode tonight. As I mentioned during the intro, lockdown, more lockdowns probably are coming. It's unavoidable. Deal with it. This is what happens when people don't pay attention to the science. But they're coming. And as a result, that means much more time for the foreseeable future unforeseeable future i should say you're going to be working learning entertaining all these things from your house and online most people have a residential isp line i don't i've got you know one gig down and like 50 up or something but that must be nice
1: and no bandwidth caps right and no
0: bandwidth caps. yeah no no thr- no throttling no quota i understand that's not how they do it on comcast <laughs> you're still on comcast
1: Yeah, we have one other provider here that supposedly has gigabit service here. And I've thought about switching. It'd be about the same price as what I pay for Comcast. Mm, But the wording on the service is what concerns me. So it's like speeds up to one gigabit, you know, speed not guaranteed. And so I went online and started reading and some people are like, yeah, I get, you know, 50 megabytes down with this and I'm paying for gigabit. So it's like, yeah, I would have a really. Yeah. And because they're trying to get people to sign up and it's a new service, Mm. they're requiring a one-year contract. Yeah, that's bullshit. So I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to jump right now. I do think I'm going to call Comcast on my second-to-last day off tomorrow, and I think I'm going to try to upgrade my service without having to pay more because you know how it is with them. you got to call them and get them to always lower your bill and shit, so Mm. whatever. It's
0: generally pretty effective if you say, look, I can't do this anywhere. I'm switching to competitor name here.
1: Yeah, Exactly. But the thing is, I don't just want my bill to go down. I would also like faster service. Sure,
0: but or faster service at your current bill, even like yeah, worst yeah, case be okay with that yeah,
1: yeah. But you know, well, we'll get into it when we start talking a little bit more. Sure,
0: but that is a good segue. The primary limiting factor in all of this, like we can we can tell you how to make your home network really great and be able to support all of these like fifteen different Zoom sessions. By the way, don't use Zoom, use Jitsi, or or something else, but not Zoom. Literally
1: anything but Zoom.
0: Maybe not literally everything, anything else, but
1: I mean, I would use Discord over Zoom.
0: Yeah, no, I probably, but like even then, like I wouldn't use. I don't know. I'm sure there's somebody out there is worse than Zoom, but Zoom's pretty bad. Is what I was gonna. Say. Yeah, and right now it's the industry leader, which is heartbreaking. But whatever, it's weird. It is weird how they just kind of showed up and took over the entire video chat market.
1: Well, a lot of universities it is my understanding, already had premium offerings from Zoom. Mm, That's how they did it. So it was just naturally like, well, we already have this kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's how you get better lock-in. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, and there's other things. I mean, look, Microsoft Teams, I think, is up and coming in terms of a Slack competition, and they also offer video chat, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that Microsoft Teams in the last year has had such downtime issues Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it's just like how could you think about switching to it i mean i personally probably couldn't myself Mm.
0: yeah i think ultimately like i would encourage people to explore other options if you are one of the people in charge of making those decisions but whatever i mean we've talked about zoom plenty of times in the past episodes but back to my point like you may end up in a situation where you've got like five concurrent zoom sessions all happening on your home wireless network right which is rough you know because that's a lot of packets in the air it's a lot you know it's easily overwhelming the radio of probably your single lap and if you don't have the bandwidth from your isp there's nothing you can do about it but if so yeah so that's the thing if you can upgrade with your isp for a decent price don't you know break your wallet for this but That's going to be your really only limiting
1: factor here. Kind of. Now, here's the other thing, though, Mm -hmm. is a lot of ISPs, like Comcast, basically, or Xfinity, it doesn't matter what your download speed is. They only ever give you 5 to 10 meg uploads. Oh, yeah. Which, so that might be limiting regardless. So you Mm -hmm. also have to look at what's actually capping you. Mm -hmm. That's true. But
0: at least you will the video you receive would be uninterrupted. And and the improvement you can make along that process is good, but it's better to get synchronous upgrades, if possible, with your ISP. Yeah. I don't know how Xfinity became the industry leader either. They're terrible. Anyways, before I get into another rant. Right, so that's probably the number one tip I can give, is just make sure you have a solid ISP. I personally have, uh, what's their name? RCN. RCN. Yeah. And they've been pretty good. I think I've only had two outages over the past year, which is great because they're not a very big company. Like they're big, yeah. but as far as ISPs go, they're really they're not, not that big. big. Yeah, and they I've had great service. You know, I'm, I I find it really hard to complain with them. So that's the number one tip. But barring that, you know, I'm a, that's like obvious shit. You know, like you your internet's slow. You call up your ISP, like, hey, can I upgrade to the next tier? Done. You know, duh. But what a lot of people are missing is that. Almost because of convenience, almost everyone in your house is using wireless. Right.
1: Yeah. That's a problem. And it's exacerbated when we start thinking about the three Google homes we have and the forty smart plugs. Mm-hmm. All your And internet then you have people who
0: have yeah, right. And smart TVs and yeah, all that shit. If you configure it, it's used wireless, it's using wireless.
1: You right. might not and have
0: even configured it. It may be broadcasting for an AP trying to find like a factory default AP that right. does not exist. And it, even,
1: you know, like, oh, well, the TV was off at 5 o'clock this morning, but that doesn't mean the TV wasn't checking for updates or updating its channel guide or whatever mm-hmm. the hell your TV does. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just because it's not actively in use by you doesn't mean it's not doing something. So anything you add to your network is adding congestion somewhere, mm-hmm. sometime, at some level. You know, obviously everything's a little different, so it's to varying degrees.
0: And to as a sort of relevant but side note here, it doesn't matter if both if like one person's downloading a... T- I mean, it doesn't matter if some one person's downloading like a huge chunk of data and someone else isn't. The fact that you both are on the same frequency is really what clogs that airwave. If there's any activity at all, that's still a delay or possible loss of that radio transmission. And when I say radio, I don't mean like AM, FM. I mean the 802.11 spectrum. Right. You know, wire, Wi-Fi.
1: Right. So an easy thing to do, if you have a dual band router Mm -hmm. keep all your iot stuff on the 2.4 gigahertz network Mm -hmm. because it will permeate walls better anyway so you know you tend to have iot things all over the house maybe you know just outside your house your doorbell i mean i don't have any of these things but i know people do Mm -hmm. so it's important to make sure they get coverage and 2.4 gigahertz will permeate walls and other you know Otherwise impermeable things better, mm-hmm. and most so your coverage is better, and it also then is me it keeps your five gigahertz network free that radio free mm-hmm. for your primary devices, which are less on a likely totally to different be frequency too. So
0: that's nice. Exactly. I do have a couple points on that though. Consumer routers are terrible. The firmware they have from the factory is just terrible, and oftentimes they will not let you segregate. You know, if, if you got if you get like an eight hundred two eleven AC wireless router. It'll just lock it to AC. It won't let you split between B and G. Right. Or 2.4 and 5, whatever. You know, it locks it in at AC. Or you can do B on 2.4 and 5 or G. You know, like, it doesn't give you a lot of options. I recommend going with... Personally, I recommend flashing, if possible, your wireless router with OpenWRT. They have a lot of good instructions for every model they support. If it's not supported, you find a little bit better sometimes less better coverage with ddwrt which is not open source but i don't know you know for some reason a lot of people prefer that. is uh, is better but whatever tomato tomato i believe is still around yeah and that's the other third major option with that or you can get like a unify equipment which i strongly recommend anyways um that alone you get much better quality hardware so you get better radio you get better fault tolerances so they're less likely to break down after heavy use over a couple years you know things like that and they have a good warranty you know they're great and they give you a lot more management options with the controller the unify controller software but you know do keep that in mind as an option you know i'm not saying you have to go out and get Unify shit but i really recommend it
1: now this is an interesting point mm-hmm and it's, you know, a little relevant to some conversations we've had in the Discord in the past few days and also conversations I've had with people outside of, you know, podcast land. If you had, let's just say you have a run-of-the-mill kind of router mm-hmm. and the radio is garbage, but it obviously is routing just fine, right? It's functioning as a router. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a benefit to just getting an external, you know, AP? What?
0: Yeah. Sure. I mean, that the thing Cause that. Because that could be a
1: cheaper way than building or buying a whole new router. Yeah, where you would have to get an AP anyway, you can keep your current router, get the access point now. And then you know, maybe in six months or a year, you're like, okay, now I really want to replace the router, then you go ahead and buy, you know, ubiquity sells the edge router. Now the mm-hmm. edge router x, I think it's called, mm-hmm. which is gigabit. And the four port one is like 60 bucks, you really can't beat it. It's a really good product. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't bother with I the don't, routers, because I,
1: have, I know I've you don't. My own, but right, I also have my own. I don't have it myself. But My mom's router finally died. She Mm. literally was using the same wireless router as like when I was in high school, which is astounding.
0: Yeah. They don't make them like that anymore.
1: Right. Exactly. And so, you know, my brother had to go help actually hook it up and stuff. But he asked me like, oh, what should I get her? And I got her an edge router and one access point. And for her house, I mean, the coverage seems to be Mm. great. And the edge router, it seems to perform well. So, but if I were going to get a router that was commercially available Without breaking the bank, it'd be an edge router, hands down. Mm-hmm. It's a really good product. It is a good
0: as with all I mean I, I U- wouldn't say yeah. most
1: Unify stuff, it's great bang for your
0: buck. Yeah. 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 We're big fans of Unify here.
1: Isn't it ubiquity is the company and Unify is the access point? It's the product line.
0: Yeah. There's okay. also oh, what do they call it? Air Wi Fi or Air Air Max, I think. Yeah. That's more cons- that's more like end end user consumer pro- friendly stuff, but you don't get nearly the amount of like configurability with those so i I tend now i I will say
1: even you know of course we're talking about home right now so i don't want to deviate too much but Mm -hmm. you know honestly even i've set up a small business before with Mm -hmm. unify access points yeah so that's really you know if you have a
0: small small yeah it is it's like
1: right so you know depending on the application definitely do not write those off
0: yeah yeah for sure but as a result, that makes them fantastic for home office use because essentially mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to you're trying to do
1: small business mindset there. Right, and what's awesome about them is it's so easy to add access points. Like if your mm-hmm. house, especially if your house is hardwired with Cat five e or Cat six, mm-hmm. you just get a new access point, plug it in in whatever room, and uh, they're capable of doing a mesh setup. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, a fan of mesh though because you do no, you do I, you have. Yeah, issues jumping between access points a lot and your speed does suffer so it can yeah and for a home setup i don't personally think there's a value in it but you know in a corporate setup there's almost no other choice depending
0: a lot of it depends on if you're properly wired or not
1: but yeah yeah sure
0: hospitals are good they usually use mesh yeah simply because they can't afford to do a lot of like tearing apart the wall to lay new (laughs) cat six or whatever you know right But that does bring me to my next point. We talked a little bit about hardware recommendations. Let's talk about design and structure of this thing. So you're going to face a lot of issues if you have either just one WAP or a bunch of WAPs meshed. If your entire network is wireless, yeah, it's easy. It's easy as shit. But that doesn't make it a good idea. Because radios can only handle so much traffic. So unless you get, like, a a WAP that's specifically designed to handle a lot of clients at once, you're going to see severe degradation on your WAP. Right. right? The more devices that associate with it. And that's a problem, you know, especially if if everyone's trying to do video, which is super bandwidth-intensive. Now, granted, like, they have compression and things like that. I know, I know. But compared to, like, just internet browsing, the difference is pretty stark. Yeah. So do keep that in mind. You want, if possible at all, You definitely want that Ethernet backbone. I just did my house with Cat Six. It is a lot of work. Potentially. What really got me with the Cat Six was the you terminate them entirely differently.
1: That Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, that threw me. It's also I mean Cat Six is expensive. Let's let's be honest about that. Yeah, depending on the level of shielding
0: and whether you get twisted or untwisted, so on and so forth. There's a lot of options to choose from with Cat Six and if you want really good cable. I got stuff good enough to be run as an exterior line, like on the outside of my house, but I just run it on the inside. I just got it because it has the best shielding I can get.
1: But yeah, the... Now, well, it's something we're talking about Cat 6 in the context of adding an access point, but something that we didn't mention, it's a very simple way to remove congestion on your home network. Absolutely. Just wire everything you can. Absolutely, yeah. If you're sitting next to the damn router, there's zero reason to use Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. If you happen to have your house already wired up, there's no reason to use Wi-Fi. Unless it's wired, you're like, going to notice cat
0: five. Because cat five will only get you like
1: ten, yes. maybe hundred megabit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, assuming you have cat five, well, even that cat though, or it... above. there's no reason to be fair. To use depending them. on the application, you know, like it might not matter if you only have cat five. It'd still be better than using Wi-Fi from a congestion standpoint. If you're having issues,
0: well, that this is where it gets a little gray. If you've got a really good WAP and you're running eight hundred two eleven AC you may actually see improvements using Wi-Fi over Cat5, or Cat5e even.
1: Speed-wise, you will. And
0: potential congestions. It all depends on that wireless radio of that WAP. But, you know, do keep in mind, that's assuming a really good, high-quality WAP. And most consumer routers don't have that. The piece of shit you got from your ISP will not have a good enough radio to handle that gracefully. So, Yeah. So, yeah, so what, what we're saying does still hold. I just wanted to say, like, yeah, I know it's not the 100% black and white, but for most of these situations, it's going to be the case. Always stick to an Ethernet backbone and Ethernet access points where possible. I recognize not everyone has, a, you know, Ethernet access points jacked into their wall, but you can, you can pick up cheap four-port four, switch re- four port switches and put them at each drop, and that alone is awesome right or you know it, you might not even need the switch you could just plug it right into the laptop or whatever but i do recommend the switches where possible so yeah so as as Jaython mentioned i'm glad you said that because that, that is a point i wanted to make as well always use a hard line an ethernet line where possible because that will reduce the load on your WAPs. it'll open up the frequency for your other devices that may not support ethernet like phones things like that it also generally you're gonna have a
1: better experience mm-hmm. anyway.
0: More stable, like you don't have to worry about, you know, penetration, you don't have to worry about switching APs if you've got multiple WAPs in your house. Right. Things like that, yeah. But that also brings my next point. If you have an Ethernet backbone to your WAPS, highly recommend multiple WAPs. I have one on each floor of my house. And I've got the really nice unify UAC HD pros. So it's it's probably overkill, but yeah. What have I never not overkilled something?
1: Right. So <laughs> That's what happened to Peyton. He overkilled him.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I can't say this. Ever since I actually got my house wired up and got those in place,
1: haven't had an issue with wireless at all. Yeah. So I'm still living in an apartment. Mm -hmm. I have a single one that sits literally on top of my router. It's not wall mounted. It's not in any kind of optimal position. And my entire, you know, my apartment's 1,300 square feet. The router is in one bedroom. The other bedroom's on the other side of the apartment. Mm -hmm. I've never had an issue. I mean they're really solid access points so are you on 5 gig or 2.4 for that well i have both mm-hmm.
0: oh are you using ac because that, that's a dual band ac uses right both
1: yeah most of my devices like like i said my iot stuff like my google home and all that they're all 2.4 my laptop my phone all that is five though
0: and that gets through the walls okay
1: yeah, that it's, a, I'm surprised. It's that really is, good. Yeah, it's so good.
0: Yeah, as Jathan mentioned briefly, and and we did talk the the whole reason we're talking about this for the for tonight is because earlier nasbig asked us for recommendations on you know wireless devices. Good old yeah, Nasby. I, I call him Nasby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So do I. I just did. Oh, I just said good old oh, Nasby. Just... I thought
0: you said you called <laughs> Nasby. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he he was asking about it and I, I got to thinking, you know, like that's something that not a lot of people actually talk about is is how do you maximize how do you optimize the home network, quote unquote. Yeah. every there's no such thing really as a home network, but you know, whatever. So I thought it was a good topic to cover. And here yeah. we are. But yeah, he was kind of talking about the same thing and I that was one of the things I specifically did ask him, Are you using five gig five gigahertz? Because that will have terrible penetration. Now the the flip side and of that is two point four will suffer when it's raining. And if you run the microwave, because both the water reflects or refracts, I should say, 2.4 gigahertz. It's the craziest yeah. thing. And microwaves run at 2.4 gigahertz within that. Now, the other inspector. thing about it is, though, I think they actually run like 2.5, but there's a bleed over. Yeah, sorry.
1: Five gigahertz, in my experience, suffers more in a congested area. Yeah. That's like true. in an apartment complex where there's lots of people around you and everybody has their own mm-hmm. wireless router. You know, you're going to get brain cancer and die anyway from it, but <laughs>
0: you're not going to get brain cancer. <laughs>
1: Don't, but don't. the 5 gigahertz network becomes more saturated and i think to be honest i think 5 gigahertz has more channels available anyway it does yeah but the problem is so many consumer routers just pick they're all on the same damn channel anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's a tool i don't know about on ios but if you have an android called wi-fi analyzer
0: that's the one i use did i tell you about that
1: yeah i think yeah. so probably that's and one you I can have. actually look at the all the networks around you and which channels they're on, and you can adjust accordingly. Mm-hmm.
0: It's called a Spectrum Analyzer, is what that yeah. tool is called, generically speaking. And you can also get it for lap- for laptops. Kermit is one. airmon NG will do that for you if you're on Linux. I think Kermit has a Linux port now, maybe. there's Yeah, there's a, there's a handful of them available on Windows and Linux and probably Mac OS. But yeah, they're really handy things to run because you can, at a glance, see how congested each frequency is. You can get right. a list of all the APs around you. Even hidden ones, you know, it might not show the, the SSID unless someone's associating to it, but the hidden ones will still show up because they're still occupying a frequency. They just might not have right. a name. right? So it's really handy to, to troubleshoot these kind of things where it's like, I, you know, I, I'm right next to the lap. Why am I still getting terrible speeds? It's probably channel bleed or, mm. or congestion.
1: There is also such a thing as too close.
0: Yeah, yeah. Depending, depending on, the, on the, the radio. Yeah, depending on the shape of the broadcast, sure. But that's uh, like two feet away. Should be fine, depending on most consumer routers. The Omni antennas, the regular sticks, those broadcast in like a donut shape. So if you're next to it, like two feet away, you should be right in the sweet spot. Like the best you can get. So if you're you're getting speeds that you expect to be much higher, it's probably congestion or channel bleed. Which is why if you've got like, on 2.4 for instance, because I can never remember the 5 gigahertz, but on 2.4, you've got one through technically, I think it's like 13 but in the US, it's 1 through 11, right? Perfect. If you've got someone on 3 and someone on 5, you're like, okay, I'll go with 4. Don't do that because you'll be getting channel bleed, frequency bleed, essentially, from both the three, the channel 3 and the channel 5. Some devices put out a certain amount of amplitudes where it is, it spreads out to other channels next to them. So you yeah. want at least one empty channel between you and another Wap. ideally ideally there's going to be
1: times it's not possible. yeah yeah it and then you just have isn't. to choose the best mm-hmm. that you can do mm-hmm. you know look for what's least full
0: yeah i would go with an occupied channel rather than an empty channel that's suffering bleed if you have to make that choice because with bleeding someone's gonna you're gonna get bleed from both channels next to you you know uh, so i would rather go with a, an occupied channel that's just the least occupied if you don't have an empty channel available for 2.4, for 5 gigahertz, it, it should be so spread out that you can take a look and, and pick one, and you should be okay unless you're in, like, an urban environment. Right. Then you might run into problems if your neighbors happen to be tech-savvy enough to... <laughs> or they're using a, you know, a WAP firmware that automatically selects the least congested one.
1: Right. right.
0: They may have just beaten you to the punch, and now you're left with no unoccupied channels. But, yeah, rule of thumb, pick unoccupied channel, but not not in between if you have to pick. So.
1: Right. hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What else? Well, one that we haven't talked about, uh, this is jumping back in a sense, but mm-hmm. if your cable modem's really old, mm-hmm. even if you upgrade your internet, you may not be able to take advantage mm-hmm. of the speeds that you are paying for. Mm-hmm. So make sure you have, what, we're up to DOCSIS 3?
0: I would say at least DOCSIS 3. Yeah. DOCSIS? Is that how Doxis, people say that? D O C S I S. Yeah, DOCSIS.
1: Yeah, DOCSIS 3, I think, gets you up to, what, a half gigabit a second?
0: Something like that. Or even a gigabit? If possible, like, if you're going to go out and get a new cable modem anyways, go with a DOCSIS 4, because that's the current... Right. Is there a DOCSIS 5? Has that been specified yet?
1: I have no idea.
0: No, there is no. There is no DOCSIS 5 yet. But yeah, DOCSIS 4.0 should get you up to, I think, 60-60 Gbps. Like, theoretically possible, you know? Most, I mean, most ISPs aren't even going to offer that. (laughs) You know, the most you'll probably get is one gig, but... Yeah, you won't. You will have issues trying to get that with DOCSIS three, but DOCSIS yeah, four, way absolutely. to go. Assuming you're on coax. If you're on DSL, good fucking luck. <laughs> Although, I mean, it's possible to get good speeds with DSL, especially since it's so empty these days, since so many other things have moved to coax. Right. So you know, maybe it also depends on if your ISP knows what they're doing. But yeah, chances are you're on a you're on probably cable. Internet. So, Dox is 4 upgrades to one gig if possible, or you know, as high as you can. 75 megabit should probably be okay for most people working from in that in this context, this extra bandwidth needed context. Otherwise, I would say okay. 25, 50. If you are on fiber optic, you know, straight to a point of presence, straight to your house, fiber optics to what do they call Files to the, it's some like to the house, to the curb, to something like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. There's
0: some special terminology that denotes fiber optics actually going inside your house, and the O&T is in your home. Last mile, I think. I don't know. But yeah, if you're on one of those, you don't really need to worry about it so much. Fiber optics has a a much better throughput rate. It can handle a lot more. So you might not need that upgrade. But, you know, couldn't hurt. Now would be the time, right? What else? Try to, to space out your devices, because they, again, with the frequency congestion... Two laptops right next to each other can fight over the airwaves. It's a really unscientific way of, of phrasing that, but it's the best I can do colloquially. If you've got two devices on the same web, on the same frequency, it doesn't even need to be the same network, be the same frequency, they're going to be congesting each other. So try and space out your wireless devices throughout your house, if possible. This is, again, this also plays into having multiple WAPs, where like if you do right. these two things, really helps a lot. I think that's all I'm thinking of. Do you think of anything? Are there any questions yet, or any issues you ran into, aside from your weird queuing issue I'm still convinced it's Comcast's fault.
1: I don't know if it is, but we have to fucking figure it out. Yeah, but that's... because I'm I'm working on building a PC to get back into gaming. Well, if you use and Ethernet. I'm, well, that's the thing though. If somebody else is on Wi-Fi and messes it up, it still ruins it. It slows down your Ethernet. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's definitely not your device. Though. That's your ISP.
1: I feel like extensive testing is required.
0: by all means, I encourage you to extensively test, but I'm telling you right now, like that is not possible <laughs> it, like it, it's not possible for it to be your network at that point
1: all right well we will just see yeah
0: I think uh, I think Comcast and- is doing some weird like
1: shenanigannery
0: yeah i think I think they're artificially throttling you. Yeah. But that wouldn't.
1: But no, it's okay. Well,
0: anyway. Yeah, I mean, no, they I think see you hit. What is it? Snapchat when it does that, they see you hit Snapchat servers and they throttle you.
1: But it does it with anything, man. Like, r syncing my raw at the end of this episode will break my network until it's done. Maybe it's burst.
0: Maybe it's all, Maybe. all
1: burst traffic. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Anyways, did you have anything to add?
1: No, I think we covered most of the good stuff. Yeah.
0: Follow what we said, you know, you know, as
1: make your kids budget permits, go but... outside <laughs> and they won't be on the Wi-Fi anymore.
0: I, I I mean, I guess that's one way of doing it.
1: Tell them to go outside, play in the street. But, safely. <laughs> safely in the street.
0: <laughs> Someone's gonna, like, download the audio, cut that part out and just use it to slander you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Play your kids go outside and play in the street. Yeah, I'm sure that's like gonna fight you in the ass. Oh, now I've said it. <laughs> Although I said it in a mocking tone, so maybe it'll maybe work it. Yeah. So, I guess with that, I'm going to close out our talk segment. And so, Jathan, if you have 30 wireless routers and they're broadcasting on AC.
1: Not enough channels.
0: How many, well, I mean, that's not going to prevent you from doing it. How many 5 gigahertz associations are there? Broadcasts, I should say. They're a dual band? Well, that's what AC is, yeah.
1: You said there's 30. Yes. Then there's 30.
0: No. How many 5 gigahertz broadcasts are there in 30 AC webs?
1: You already know the
0: answer, j But I don't think it's a good question. <laughs> are you sure you're right? Yes, I'm sure I'm right to the top. Why? Because AC is 2.4 and 5 gigahertz.
1: Right, and there's 30. Mm-hmm. So why would it be so 15? Each...
0: Wait, did I do this one?
1: Yes. Fuck,
0: I did. You're right. Oh my gosh, that's embarrassing. <sighs> the First time I've ever said out. something right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, edited. You can do this. All
0: right. Wow. I I am apparently not thinking
1: tonight, am I? It's because you didn't have a drink to celebrate my new job, and now karma.
0: <laughs> Is this like the uh, the reverse Balmer peak? Where yeah. I'm like, I'm so sober, I'm stupid.
1: That's what happens to me every day. I wake up and I am not drunk yet, so I just can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. And he has a problem. Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: Okay. Well, okay. Well, if you've got if you've got twenty bottles of whiskey and you drink five, how many do you have left?
1: Are you asking me right after I finish drinking the five? Look, well, yeah, because it might look like a few. Yeah, if you drank five already, then I am not going to be able to count to fifteen, man. <laughs>
0: Well, you don't need to count. You just need to count down from 20. You don't need to count to 15. It's shorter right, to count down from 20. Yeah, you're right.
1: All right. It's f- f- 15. There you go. All right. I
0: think. You no, know, you're right. Give us your 15. This This is actually an, an accurate one. Give us your 15 clips.
1: Right. So, obviously, just talking about leaving a job. Mm-hmm. And we've had an episode before where we talk about what you should do as the sysadmin when somebody leaves. Right. But we haven't really talked about what you should do when you're leaving, mm-hmm. as this is mm-hmm. So, obviously, we all leave jobs under different circumstances. Mm-hmm. I happen to have a pretty good relationship with the people I worked with. I had no malintent when I was leaving. You should never really have malintent. Regardless of why you're leaving, you should not be an asshole when you leave a job.
0: Well, because that ranges anywhere from hurting your future prospects down the line to word sort of mouth. Reputation to, yeah, jail. Depending. So, depending what on what you do. Depending on how malicious your actions
1: were, your parting actions. Yeah. yeah. So, I would like to talk a little bit about what I did when I was leaving. Mm-hmm. Now, the biggest thing, to be completely honest, is time is of the essence here. Ideally, I would have liked to have given my previous employer more time than I did mm. to let them know I was leaving. But, the way things worked out, it just wasn't possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Two weeks is obviously like the bare minimum. Short of you know, somebody dying and you have to leave, give them two weeks now. Mm-hmm. But in addition to the time factor, there are some things you can do to make things a lot better. Mm-hmm. Namely, make a list of everything that you do that you don't think anybody knows that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, if that means every Monday morning you log into system X and check on something, mm-hmm. write that down. Make sure somebody knows. Mm-hmm. On top of that, though, another thing that I left with my previous employer is a list of anything that I get email alerts from. Mm. I made a list of all accounts that I have. Mm -hmm. If you have something like LDAP, obviously they can remove your account kind of everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. But most times, I would say most sysadmins have some kind of local account in various places, like... I know that I had an account with GitLab that was not LDAP bound, so that I could test that external feature or features worked for external users, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. If you have any physical security keys, like a YubiKey, mm-hmm. make sure you and your employer are on the same page about what should happen to those. Mm-hmm. If your employer expects it back, make sure that you remove any access it might grant to personal accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I, I'm of the opinion you shouldn't do that in the first place,
0: but, like, set up work, access stuff to personal stuff, and vice versa.
1: Yeah, well, yes. Sometimes I think that it's,
0: I don't know. Yeah, but if you did set it up, like, it's, you know, whatever. Right. Just, just make, make sure you're you on, on the same that. page. You don't want your employer to suddenly tweet up to your account being like, oh, this bullshit asshole just...
1: <laughs> yeah. Just
0: Left with two weeks' notice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The other thing, you know, make sure you know when your Mm. work email will stop working so you can get anything you need out of it. Make sure you're on the same page about your device. If Mm. you have a work-issued laptop or iPad or phone or whatever, make sure you're on the same page with your employer about what they expect you to give them. Mm. And in what condition?
0: Like, if they want it wiped or
1: not. Right.
0: I personally... Because if you they know, don't want it wiped, and you give it to the wipe, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck was he doing with it? Yes, yeah, they might be a so little angry or suspicious at the very least. Yeah. I
1: actually, so when I left my job, I left my laptop intact. My laptop was full disk encrypted mm-hmm. because I figured if there's something that they found that they needed that I knew was on my laptop in the next month or two, like I'm willing to cooperate and you know go in for a day and unlock the laptop and help them get it. Mm.
0: See, I use different credentials for personal stuff and work stuff. So when I leave, I can just give like the owner or CTO or whoever the head is, go, look, these are all the passwords I used. You know, right. If you, I think, if you think I might have some of that information, here's what it is.
1: That's fine as long as you're very careful about what you keep on your laptop. Right? I usually am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was less myself. Mm. Yeah, that could be a problem. Right. That being said, I'm not worried about my you know, Lux encrypted hard drive. I don't think they're going to brute force their way in. Probably not,
0: no. Unless you have a really terrible passphrase.
1: Which I actually changed just the encryption passwords before I left. Mm. Did you remember to re- remove the old slot? Oh uh, Well, you can actually, you don't have to set a new one, or remove the old one. You can actually change them now with looks. Oh, you can? Yeah, it's a change key command. Huh. Learn something new. Yeah. I don't think that's always been there. No, it hasn't. That's relatively new. So yeah, you know, the big thing is I personally, you know, if I were a manager, which I have been in the past... Mm-hmm. I would prefer if my employees were always honest with me. If you're thinking about leaving like and, and you're comfortable telling your boss well before it's happening, some mm. people would appreciate that. Some would not. Mm. Some people feel like you should never do that. I'm personally in the camp. If somebody came to me and said, hey, look, I really think I'm thinking about my next opportunity or I'm thinking about moving with my girlfriend or something like that. You know, I personally would want to know as soon as possible. Like I'm not going to hold it against them and try to replace them before they're gone. That's me. I understand not everybody's like that, but you have to gauge your own relationship with your employer at that yeah. point.
0: And even then, generally, if you're unsure at all, I would avoid giving them any heads notice aside from the two weeks when you are ready to
1: go. Yeah, don't raise alarms for no reason. But if you know that you're leaving for some reason, even if it's in two months, just tell them, I think. It, well, it depends.
0: Yeah, I would say if there's any doubt, don't. Is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, So fair. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really want to throw in here. Mm -hmm. make sure you document any code that you leave behind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i went through all my git repos that i owned that were code that i knew you know weren't going to be mine anymore added a Mm -hmm. readme with any notes about it i did some inline documentation for some sort of higher priority projects Mm -hmm. i would also recommend setting up a mail
0: forwarder to someone still active in the company that is higher on the chain than you so your manager or whoever that's a good way of catching all those alerts because if it's if you forget about one and, like, an alert, like, even something as, I don't know, fucking simple as, like,
1: a UPS SSL cert balance. expiration.
0: Sure, SSL cert expiration, a UPS battery alert, whatever. Have that email, you know, set your email address to forward to someone up higher in the chain or your replacement, you know, depending on manager authority and all that. And obviously let them know you're doing that ahead of time. But, yeah, depending on who they wanted you to forward it. it's a good idea to do that regardless because there's always going to be something you miss and it's good to rather than have that sit in like a nulled mailbox or a mailbox nobody's checking you know it's good to at least have that base covered i think yeah these are all assuming you don't want to screw over your employer by the way which we you just shouldn't do right right we recommend not trying to screw your employer over but if you do but if you, do you do really the opposite want to. Of everything we're saying yeah right so yeah try not to cause chaos so probably yeah yeah i can't think do you have any others i don't think so i would have to i feel like i would have to sit down and write like an actual like sop or something for it because it's a lot of it does depend on where you are and and like who you work for and and how things are structured and stuff but a lot of this is also pretty run-of-the-mill common across everything so
1: yeah yeah i think that's That's kind of it okay I just figured I'd I'd touch on that. You know, not everybody would go through as much as I did in terms of, I mean, I made lists of literally everything that I do in the course of a week. So if there's anything on there that people weren't aware of, the fact that I was taking care of and covering, you know, I couldn't be accused of hiding anything. It's not that. Well, you and I are are kind of in the
0: position where we have a lot of responsibility across a lot of different things.
1: Yeah. We both are sort of unicorny where we were. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so as a result, like we would have to do a lot more in depth job of that than like Payton if and, and left it where he's at now
1: right it's different if you're on a bigger team mm-hmm. and you've got like a very narrow role yeah yeah and the other thing to consider is you know again if you're leaving on good terms you like your employer mm-hmm. find out if there's a way that they can keep you on the payroll on an hourly basis after the fact if they get to a point where they need you for an hour and you want to work for 50 bucks for an hour or something I mean obviously that's up to you but yeah, go for but it but
0: they're they're going to be a lot happier about that as well like offer to be a consultant right Usually they're really happy about that i'll I'll tell you now 1099 taxes suck they do but you know it will do like if you want giving like your two weeks notice and following the normal procedure with all that that's going to put you in a neutral maybe good standpoint offering to do consulting work afterwards if they need it like leaving that option open for them that's going to put you into the great reputation standpoint yeah so if you, but uh, don't feel obligated to
1: do. No, it, no. You know? I mean, and don't even. You know, it's not something like you offer the day you're starting your new job. Like, go to your new job, give mm-hmm. it a month to make sure you're comfortable. You know, sometimes when you start a new job, it's overwhelming. Yeah. There's a lot of things you got to spend some personal time on to get up to speed and learn. Get your, your don't put yourself stable, at a yeah. don't put yourself at a disadvantage for your new job to help mm-hmm. out your old job. Just be yeah. clear about what the possibilities are and do what you can.
0: Yeah, ideally, like. Uh, for example be like look there might be something going on my emergency rate is this but i would much prefer it if you can wait like a month or two and then if you need me to come in you know for an hour or so so be it yeah obviously not during your normal schedule for the uh for the new job
1: yeah right that's obviously enough right
0: be a bad idea but like weekends are good uh good for that right cool well i think that's pretty good i think this was a good episode yeah I'm happy about that. Alright. This has been System of Trivia. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan. And Aiden is not here. See ya!